Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and will increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. Welcome to the Side Action, episode 69, the Conference Tourney Preview Edition. My name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Wegs. Follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And this is Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on Twitter. So, Action, are you healthy over there in Detroit? I'm worried about you. I've seen some reports. Yeah, I think so. First two cases announced this morning in Michigan, mm-hmm. one in Wayne County, which is the Detroit Maine County, and then another one here in my home county of Oakland. So mm-hmm. a bit scary, although I have a feeling that in reality there is way, way more cases than those two. Yeah, of course. How about you? How are you feeling? I feel great. I feel great. I've been doing all my walking and eating right, feel phenomenal. So I'm like, come on, coronavirus, let's see what you got. Bring it on. Uh, JB, the governor, has declared a state of emergency in the state because there were 11 whole cases in the state. Uh, so, you know, look out, batten on the hatches and get your hand sanitizer and be able to barter for that, um, you know, toilet paper. But, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit before the pod. I'm, I think it's a little overblown, but I guess it's better to decide on the side of caution uh, so that's kind of interesting. But we press on here at the Side Action Podcast. We're going to still give you betting information about the NCAA tournament, despite the changes that I guess we'll talk about later. With or um, without fans, we will press exactly. on with the podcast, Wex. It's crazy, man. Um, so just a little quick outline. We're, we're going to have some legislative updates. There were some updates in both of our home states, as well as jumping into the NCAA hoops, how we did last week, and then the power ratings. And lastly, all the conference tournaments that we're going to cover this week, which are the really the power conferences or the, the bigger conference tournaments that started as early as last night. Um, so so in the legislative update, you know, obviously I missed this last week. I'm sorry, Action, but apparently you're able to make bets at Rivers Casino, which is not that far from Chicago and O'Hare Airport. And that was on Monday. So the, the first bets have been taken in the state, which is exciting. And you have one to report from our favorite uh, former Blackhawk, Eddie Olchek, uh, who also happens to be a Chicagoan still. So what do you got there? Avid horse race handicapper as well, Mm -hmm. Eddie O. You can find him on NBC Sports, most big race weekends. And uh, it looks like he went to the window with 100 bucks on your Chicago White Sox to win the AL pennant, (laughs) 16 to 1 odds. What do you think about that, Betwigs? I mean, at 16 to one, it's not a bad bet. I don't think they're going to win, but um, they definitely have improved in the off season. They could be the uh, Cleveland Browns of the of the American League, but um, you know, there seems to be a lot of interest in in the White Sox right now. And then, of course, you have the change in leadership or coaching on the North side. So there's kind of feeling on the South side nation that maybe we'll take out the Cubs this year. But I kind of feel like that probably won't happen this year. But who knows? You never know. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely do worse with your odds, but I also think that he could have found a better wager to make there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the one disturbing thing that I've seen reported on from gambling Twitter sphere in Illinois mm. is that the uh, juice has been way out of line for what you would normally mm. see a number of games, even college basketball games, where they were booking like minus 118 and minus 115, a whole 33-cent spread between the uh, on both sides, which... As you and I know, and we've talked about before, it's really hard to win even if you're laying minus 110 game in and game out. Mm-hmm. If you constantly are paying that high juice, it's even more difficult. It's interesting. I was listening to Visa this week, and they discussed that. You know, a lot of Vegas shops, or I think most of them, if not all of them, definitely South Point sticks to the minus 110 regardless. They'll just adjust mm-hmm. the spread. So it's kind of um, a different model, but... I mean, even 11 to 10, I mean, that's still good odds for the book. When you're starting to go, you know, 118, and then you said it's on the other side, it's 115. So, yeah, they're just trying to make up for the costs of getting this license, apparently, because they're just going to screw you uh, from what I can see. Yeah, I think it's that cost of the license and the high taxes that Illinois mm-hmm. worked into their bill. So it'll be interesting to see if some of the other operators will actually breed some competition so that, um, you know, if you Illinoisians shop around, hopefully mm-hmm. you can get some competition mm-hmm. there. If no one ends up betting at Rivers, then they'll be forced to uh, change their ways. So Yeah, no kidding. That's, wow, that's disappointing, frankly. And then uh, today is actually when we tape on, on Wednesday, the 11th, is the first day Detroit, the MGM Detroit is taking bets. Is that correct? Yeah, BetMGM Detroit came online today. I haven't seen any reports about the first ceremonial wager Although I did see that Barry Sanders is going to make the first wager tomorrow at another Ooh, sports book right. at Greektown. So I'll be on the lookout for that to see who he goes with. Hopefully not the Lions. And, uh, <laughs> Maybe and, Michigan State. <laughs> yeah, Michigan State to win the championship, perhaps. Could be some value there. But um, very exciting that both of our home states now are online, or at least taking in-person wagers and online to follow, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully I'll be able to make my way over to rivers and set up an account and maybe just bet online. But if it's minus one eighteen, I'm going to be, wow. I'm going to be waiting out some really good numbers for that. Um, well, let's jump into the hoops action. Obviously last week we did, we had some spots, but we were talking more about tournaments, the smaller tournaments. Uh, the first spot did hit uh, no surprise here that Virginia played Louisville and Virginia is just playing their game. They're old school, you know, 1950s basketball and they're grinding people to a halt uh, the game did hit under 111. What was the final score? 110 was the final total? It was actually 57-54, but I know we had on here 111. Oh, okay. I think the actual closing total was like 113 or 114, so okay. I didn't update it. But the uh, the total in the books definitely went under. Yeah, exactly. We got a push on our podcast, but it was definitely, you know, they're playing some good basketball, really playing well. But um, I'm not sure if that's going to be sustainable in the tournament, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, certainly. Uh, Seton Hall and Creighton was not what I thought. Uh, Seton Hall and Creighton, we thought, I thought it would be an over. The total was 151 here, and the game started really slow. Uh, I think it was only 64 at halftime or something. It was 32 all at halftime. They did score quite a bit in the second half, but I believe they only got into the upper 130s in that one, so that was not a winner. Um, so that game definitely went under the total. Yeah, 77-60 runaway winners for Creighton. And I watched a little bit 
of it. And Tyshawn Alexander was really awesome on defense again. He seems to be their stopper, and he was shutting down Miles Powell all night long. So um, this Creighton team, if they get hot and Tyshawn can shut down the opponent's scorer, I think that they have Mm -hmm. some legs in March. They do. If it's a perimeter scorer, I think that's definitely the case. If it's interior, we'll see. Uh, Mm -hmm. But they can definitely fill it up. So they're definitely one of the dark horses that I'm going to list on my article this weekend. Um, This one didn't go so great. Tulsa at Wichita State. Tulsa was getting six points on the road. And Tulsa's been riding kind of high in the the AAC. But they did not come through in this spot for you. Action, unfortunately. Wichita State finally put up some numbers and, and were able to beat Tulsa in this one. Yeah, I missed this one on Sunday. I was out and about enjoying the nice weather, but I looked at the box score. They got crushed 79-57 at Wichita and really doesn't appear that it was any contest at all. No, it wasn't, unfortunately. Uh, The next one was Ohio State at Michigan State. Uh, We talked about how Michigan State is peaking at the right time. We definitely like this team. I like them in March now. I wasn't on them a month ago even. Ohio State's been playing good ball, but Michigan State just rolled them. And as the game went on, it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. They even got the walk-ons, the senior walk-ons for senior day to come out and kiss the center of the court. I don't know if you saw this game, but <laughs> Michigan State's party won going away against Ohio State. Um, you know, double digits in that one. Yeah, 80-69 to 69 winners. Mm-hmm. And again, mm-hmm. Cassius Winston was the MVP for this team, 27 points, 4 out of 7 from the three-point line. And uh, the freshman, Rocket Watts, I think has been one player that has really picked up his play lately and actually mm-hmm. given Coach Izzo that second score that they've been looking for all season long. So if mm-hmm. he continues to play well, I definitely think they're going to be dangerous. Yeah, I'm really curious to see how they navigate the Big Ten tournament as it's you know a minefield there. But they could definitely get up the two line if they win out, I think. Um, mm-hmm. they, I don't think they get to the one, but um, you know that – Obviously, it's beneficial if they can get to the two-line. Uh, we've got the OVC title, Ohio Valley. Murray State did indeed play Belmont in this one on Saturday. I don't know if you got to see this one in action. An incredible game. Both these teams are really good. I don't think, um, you know, Murray ended up losing the game. Uh, Belmont actually won on a backdoor. Mm-hmm. It was basically out-of-bounds play, great play, where they backdoored the guy from the corner for the reverse layup and the go-ahead score with, you know, like two and a half seconds to go. This was a nip-and-tuck game, just a really well-played game on both sides. It's a shame that Murray State's not going to make the dance, likely, because both these teams really looked like tournament-caliber teams, especially playing against each other. So I would have lost the money line bet, but it was worth the watch. Yeah, I did see a highlight of the last play, and I heard the broadcaster reference the old coach at Belmont, Rick Bird. That was something that Mm -hmm. he would have drawn up there at the end, and the new head coach, Casey Alexander, seems to be following in his footsteps into the dance in year one. That's right. And Belmont's got a big guy who could be, you know, somebody to reckon with in the tournament. Um, you know, big man who really Murray had no answer for. And they have a pretty big front line. But, um, you know, typical Belmont team, they're going to shoot the ball from the outside a lot. Um, mm-hmm. In the Mountain West, we got our wish, I guess. San Diego State went down again. Uh, this time Utah State took them out in the title game. So now we discussed it, Nevada with 16-1 to 1 to win the Mountain West title. And Utah State, you know, hit a basically, you know, Sam Merrill, who really we thought was going to be a great player the whole year, hit this big jumper, you know, three-pointer to, to win the game outright. But it was a low-scoring game. 
San Diego State is able to, you know, play good D, but their scoring is definitely dependent on, you know, Malachi Flynn, which doesn't seem great going into the tournament. Yeah, definitely. I think that this Aztecs team is probably one that's going to be fading down the stretch, and I will certainly be looking to go against them in most games through March. Yeah, true. In the Big South, uh, you know, Bradford didn't make it there, actually. Uh, they got knocked off a little early, but Winthrop did make it through, and they did come through to win easily in their matchup on Sunday to punch their ticket. They're a team that plays very deliberately, as you discussed on the pod, uh, and I think they're a team that could maybe take a game in the early rounds. We'll talk about that next week. Hmm. For 15 seed, you think? They can get the, to that line, or... Lower. It's possible. Yeah, if I think that, you know, it depends on some of these other tournaments, but, you know, with teams like Northern Kentucky, I mean, there's going to be, they might jump up to 14, but um, we'll see how it all shakes out. Hmm. Okay. The uh, next one was the MVC, the Missouri Valley Conference, uh, Arch Madness. This was a total surprise. Both you and I and Loyola lost in the same day in the quarters, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, it was very early. And uh, your Bradley Braves, well, I don't know if they're the Braves anymore. These Are they the Bradley, what are they called now? I don't even know. I think Braves <laughs> the, is correct. Are they still the Braves? Okay. I think that was socially appropriate. Uh, they end up taking it out, you know, winning the championship. So that's back-to-back years for Bradley. We'll see what they can do in the dance. Like, they're a team that's probably going to be a 15 seed. That's why I think Winthrop might get bumped up once. Yeah. I really like this Bradley team. I hope that they get a little higher of a seed line than that so they have a chance as an upset bid. Yeah, exactly. It's always tough to beat that two seed or you know, one uh-huh. seed for sure. In the Atlantic Sun, Liberty did come through. Uh, Northern Florida did not make it through, but Liberty did come through in the clutch again, uh, as I kind of predicted. And this is another team I do like to possibly win a game. Uh, they're a really good team. They won a game last year against Mississippi State, so... We'll discuss them a little bit more next week, but they won the Atlantic Sun pretty easily on uh, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this Liberty team is very good. They've been in the tournament year in and year out, so definitely seasoned. The last uh, matchup we talked about was in the SOCON, the Southern Conference. East Tennessee State just rolled right through as Furman and UNC Greensboro didn't even make the final. They got knocked off too early. And East Tennessee State just kind of demolished their their competition throughout. And this team is a team to be reckoned with in you know in the big dance. I think uh, yeah. I really like the Buccaneers. Yeah, I think they're going to be a popular upset pick no matter the line they end up on. And uh, will be interesting to see how they match up against that opponent in the first round. Exactly. I think they're projected as like 11 seed, but we'll see how it shakes out. So let's go over the power rankings or the ratings for action going into the big tournaments. Now, obviously, some of them have already played out, like Gonzaga and um, San Diego State. Yeah, not really much shakeup since last week. Gonzaga is number one, uh, Kansas two, followed by Duke and Baylor at three and four. Michigan State now rising a little bit in my metrics up to number five, followed mm-hmm. by the mid-majors, Dayton and San Diego State at six and seven. And uh, the bottom three are West Virginia, Houston, and Louisville. So not really much change uh, since last week. I think that's probably due to the light schedule, and uh, these teams are ready to go into the conference tournament week. Right. I'm really curious to see your ratings going into the tournament um, You know, on Monday when we do that episode because we'll see how these teams you know, play out. There aren't a lot of Big Ten teams in here, uh, you mm-hmm. know, Michigan State being the lone team. And teams like West Virginia and Houston are hanging on, even Louisville, who haven't played that well. 
So we'll see how it shakes out and, and how predictive it is come tournament time. You know, the Zags, you know, they played really well against St. Mary's because I think they own that team, but they really struggle against San Francisco, um, which was kind of interesting. You know, BYU kind of laid an egg and dropped it against St. Mary's on, I guess that was Monday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought they'd give them a much better game in the championship. And we already talked about San Diego State falling. So I'm a little surprised Duke is so high. I mean, they did play better in their last two games in the ACC. Curious to see how, you know, going forward, what, you know, what would you think about them with these metrics? Well, uh, we can talk about it when we get to the ACC preview. Okay, cool. Well, let's go into that. Uh, championship week. Obviously, there are other small tournaments. We're not going to focus on that this week, folks. Um, certainly a ton of other bids. I think today there's some like crazy 43 games being played as we, you know, today. Uh, there's more games today than there would be played on the first round of the tournament, an NCAA tournament. So, um, you know, if you're a huge fan, you're watching those 12, 13 games in the, you know, Big Ten. But uh, so let's go over the first conference, the Atlantic 10. Um, this one, uh, you have you have an angle on this one. I don't see anybody beating Dayton, and they are a heavy favorite. Uh, they're minus 300 right now on Bet Online to win the tournament overall. Uh, Richmond's plus 700, but you kind of like uh, the Billikens out of St. Louis. Yeah, as soon as I saw this bracket come out, there was one potential matchup that I was eyeballing, and I like St. Louis a lot in the top half of this bracket, and I like their chances against Dayton, most specifically in the semifinal round. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that I'm going to bet on a futures ticket. In fact, it's too late now, being the tournament yeah. already tipped off. But I am definitely interested in looking at SLU as an underdog in that semifinal game. Uh, I guess that would be Friday. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they kept it close both games this season. They lost in overtime at home on January 17th by two as a six and a half point underdog. And then in Dayton, they surprised them and kept it within six, uh, covering the 14. So I think that uh, St. Louis is a team that matches up well with them. They're able to bang inside on the boards, and they're a very good rebounding team. And they have the matchups that can actually guard top and inside. So I'm looking to catch seven or even seven and a half, eight points in that game on Friday, and I'll be looking to back St. Louis. Gotcha. They have been good, um, no question. I think they definitely have a squad that can get it done. I mean, it's kind of unfortunate they had a lull in the middle of their early in their their early A10 season to kind of knock them out of contention for the at-large bid. But they've gotten some big wins, and you know, like you said, they pushed them in overtime. It, it's uh, Dayton hasn't really they haven't lost in so long. It might do them good to lose before the tournament, you know? Yeah, um, certainly. We'll see. Another team I've been looking to fade on the bottom half of the bracket. I'm kind of surprised they won today. The Fordham team is just mm. terrible on offense. <laughs> and uh, now they pulled an upset against GW, and they are going to face off against Duquesne tomorrow, which is a team that I've been eyeing as a bet on team lately. So we'll be looking mm. to see what that spread is, and probably we'll lay it with the Duquesne team tomorrow. Yeah, and, and you got to wonder if you should fade Rhode Island at the bottom of that bracket, too, of that winner, you know, the Duquesne. Mm-hmm. I mean, Fordham almost beat Rhode Island a couple weeks ago, so it's kind of like, who knows, maybe that matchup won't even happen between Richmond and Rhode Island. You know, Rhode Island's got to play their way into the tournament, but they haven't been playing good ball. Yep. The next tournament is the AAC, the American Athletic Conference. Uh, I'm showing, you know, Tulsa's got to win it, I think, to make it, unfortunately, to make it in the big dance. 
Um, right now, the favorite in that one is Houston at plus 200. They're probably the best team. But Tulsa, they're plus 600 to win it. Uh, Wichita is plus 400. And then Cincinnati, kind of lower odds, plus 275. Those teams are all in the bubble, and they really need to get some wins to make it happen. Tulsa having to win out. A team that I'm interested in, I didn't make this pizza money bet, by the way, action, but I was thinking about it. Mm-hmm. UConn has played red hot. You know, um, Danny Hurley obviously took over there after leaving Rhode Island, and he's got this team playing really well, and they've won a lot of games lately. They're plus 1,000 in this one. So they may be a team that I could look at some money line bets going forward. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard a few people looking at UConn this week. I think their side of the bracket sets up well. And they have been playing extremely well lately, covering quite a bit of numbers uh, late in the season. So I think that um, obviously Houston is the class of this conference, but uh, mm-hmm. there is some value there. These teams really tend to beat themselves up throughout. So I think that uh, going with an underdog bet is not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. All right, there it is. You already mentioned the ACC. Let's go into it. Um, that actually started yesterday, so you can't really bet on this, but I'm just using these numbers as reference. Uh, UNC is the team that's actually a little bit hot. They won yesterday already, and they were plus 1,200 coming into the tournament. But the favorites are definitely Florida State at plus 175, Duke at plus 200, and Louisville at plus 350. Uh, who do you like? And then Virginia's plus 600. Who do you like in this one? Well, uh, I don't know that I'm going to project a winner. Um, I think that Florida State has been playing really well lately, and I do like them on the top half of this bracket. Um, the only real opponent in their way is Duke. And right. um, on the other side, I think you've got a couple of teams that I could see winning this. I think Virginia is certainly a team that could be there. Uh, Louisville is um, the three seed. I think that North Carolina actually has uh, a path that sets up to potentially get themselves to the championship this week. I know mm-hmm. they just destroyed Virginia Tech last night. And right. they're facing off against Syracuse later tonight on Wednesday, where they're actually three-point favorites. And mm-hmm. uh, beyond that, they would go on against Louisville, which is a team I think they could certainly hang with. And then from there, it's really just house money. Um, but right. the angle that I alluded to earlier was uh, a bet against Duke. I actually laid minus 220, taking the field against Duke in this ACC tournament. Okay, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I think Duke is... Well, and we could talk more about the big tournament. I think they're a fade team for me in general. Uh, I don't believe in them. I think that they've, I don't know what it is with that team. Their metrics are still really good in Ken Palm, but it doesn't show up on the court. And they certainly don't play enough defense, you know, for my liking, especially Mm -hmm. against some of these teams can really fill it up. And they're not tough enough to take on like a Florida State or a Louisville team to me. But We'll see what happens. I would love to see North Carolina roll, and, and maybe Duke makes it there, and then they take him down. And, <laughs> and may, Roy Williams has been disparaging his team all season. Maybe he's got him motivated for the uh, ACC tournament. <laughs> that would be fascinating. I saw some – I think it must have been on Twitter. I saw someone post today that North Carolina has decided to not play in the NCAA tournament due to the coronavirus. <laughs> I know. I saw that. That's funny. <laughs> Indeed. Um, So the Big East is our next tournament that we're going to roll out here. This is going to be a, wow. I mean, this and the Big Ten are just going to be just, I don't know, haymakers thrown all over the place. There's really no clear favorite. Seton Hall is plus 300. Creighton's plus 300. Nova's plus 300. I said Creighton is America's sweetheart now, as you've referenced. 
But here's the team I like out of this group. I like Providence at plus 550. They've gotten hot. They've beaten all the top teams in February, um, since February 1st. And I actually did put the pizza. I put the, you know, put the 10 bucks on, you know, plus 550 for them. So I'm hoping to ride them to into the championship. Um, I don't know what you think about this group. Yeah, I mean, I definitely like this Providence team as well. They have played their way into the tournament, but I just worry that they may drop the first game against Butler. Um, mm. Kamar Baldwin has been otherworldly. That shot sure. he hit on Saturday night to uh, beat Xavier was pretty special, and mm-hmm. uh, I I would just have some concern about betting Providence for that reason. I do think that on the top half, Creighton is a team that's worth fading in this side of the bracket. So I, I do think that one of Butler or Providence will end up in the championship on that side. Um, for me, though, I'm putting my money on Seton Hall. Uh, this is a team mm-hmm. that I've been riding all season long, and yeah, I've talked to Miles Powell and uh, his running mate, McKenzie. So I do think that um, they're going to get the best of Villanova the third time around here and find themselves in the championship. And I like the value. I actually took them at plus 350. Oh, look at you. Yeah, we'll see. It's just a wide-open tournament. should be fun. I don't think anybody in this grouping is going to get higher than a three-seed unless some crazy things happen. Um, But any of these teams, Seton Hall, Creighton, even Nova, could really make some noise uh, in the big dance. So I'm just curious to see how they play. Mm -hmm. Um, The Big 12 is also, you know, making things happen. Kansas is a prohibitive favorite at minus 125, and they should win it. I'm just curious to see if Baylor can rebound. They've just kind of taken a nosedive, losing again, <laughs> this time to West Virginia, who hadn't won in like a month. Um, so Baylor's plus 200 in this one. You've got Texas Tech at plus 550. Don't explain me that. Uh, West Virginia plus 800, and then Texas plus 2,000. That game hasn't happened yet, right? The Texas-Texas Tech game, is that tonight? Correct. That's uh, tomorrow. Thurs- tomorrow. Thursday, yeah. Okay, okay. So that's like almost a play-in game for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I think so. And I actually quite like Texas Tech in that game. Um, Texas mm-hmm. had been playing some really good basketball lately, but went out and got boat raced by Oklahoma State <laughs> at, over the weekend, which was probably mm-hmm. the most strangest outcome over mm-hmm. the weekend that I can recall. Um, I do like Texas Tech in that game. However, I think the pick in this tournament is definitely Kansas I don't really see how they lose this one. Um, I think that you've got some pretty good value at minus 125. I actually took them at minus 110 myself. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. that they're going to win more than 60 or 70% of the tournaments played in this one. So I like Kansas Agreed. a lot. Agreed. Nice work at the minus 110. Look at this guy. He's getting great odds over here. Yeah, shopping. I, I was kicking myself because I saw 105 after I bet it, and I, I should have re-bet it, but I didn't. And then it obviously moved over the last day or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next tournament is the SEC. In the SEC, to me, I've been talking up Kentucky for a while. They're the favorite, plus 175. But they've been kind of erratic, action. I mean, they they came back from an 18-point deficit against Florida win, which is awesome. But against Tennessee, they blew a 17-point lead at home so mm-hmm. they could definitely lose you've got auburn at plus 350 florida plus 600 i'm not a big lsu fan at plus 400 and then you got some bubble teams out there mississippi state at plus 600 south carolina plus 2500 any interest in those balls at plus 1200 
No, I don't like Tennessee at all. <laughs> but I do think it would not shock me at all to see some crazy upheaval in this tournament. Yeah. Um, seems year in and year out, the number one seed, number two, you know, the top seeds don't fare too well. If you recall last year, Auburn pulled out the win and their, which started their run through the tournament yeah. tournament. That's so it. I'm not really interested in looking at any futures, although I think I was somewhat intrigued by the high numbers in front of Arkansas and Texas A&M. Um, mm-hmm. Couldn't get myself to bet them, but those two teams in particular and looking at this bracket are ones that I'm going to be looking to bet on almost every day. I like the matchups that Texas A&M has against Missouri tomorrow, and then mm-hmm. they'll face off against Auburn in the quarterfinals. I like them as a dog in that one. Hmm. And then down at the very bottom, I like Arkansas to run through this. And in one spot in particular, I'm already lining up an over is against LSU on Friday in the quarterfinals. <laughs> yeah. Um, since Isaiah Joe came back for this team, they are ranked ninth in adjusted offense, scoring 1.2 mm-hmm. points per possession, and mm-hmm. they've increased the tempo as well. So I'm looking uh, for that game as a big-time over spot. Gotcha. And as you list in the notes, LSU, they're allergic to defense, uh, yeah. apparently. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, they no, don't LSU play any play defense. defense. <laughs> So are you interested in some of these longer shots or are you thinking that Kentucky's going to pull out the chip in this one? Uh, I don't know about the long, long shots. I think Kentucky's going to get at least to the semifinals. Well, they're in the semifinals, right? No, they're in the quarters. Quarters. They're going to yeah. they're gonna beat Alabama or Tennessee, so they'll be in the semis easily. Mm-hmm. Florida does pose an interesting matchup issue for them, but I think they're going to be in the championship. I just don't know if they're going to win. Um, so, but – the number's not big enough for me to be interested in it. So I like your angle of taking some of these lower C guys who can make a run and you can just roll some money lines and make some money. I mean, they're going to be underdogs except for the Vanderbilt game. They're going to be underdogs in all those games. So it's yep. a good idea. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a wild tournament. The nice thing about those money line rollovers too, is you can, decide when you want to quit and just take your money out you don't have to worry about hedging at that point so if you get a certain team to the semifinals and you think oh this might be the spot they lose you just don't make the bet and keep the cash right and that's something that i don't know who discussed it last year on vsin that especially in the ncaa tournament it's way better to roll money lines than you know bet the future it's just it's better odds mm-hmm. and also like you said you don't have to you're not at odds of losing it. I mean, you certainly will lose it, but if you roll that money line over, maybe keep a little, you're profitable along the way. So it's a smart move. Um, yep. And I'm going to do that with other teams. We'll talk about that on Monday in the NCAA preview. I have some ideas on which teams I want to do that with. So Okay, cool. Uh, another tournament that we that of should be very interesting is the Pac-12, another wide-open grouping. Oregon is the plus-160 favorite who won the regular season title, but – I mean, this team lost everybody on this list. I mean, UCLA is plus 800. They have to probably win the tournament to get in the dance. Um, I didn't see Stanford listed on Bet Online for some reason, but they should be in that same range as UCLA. Uh, USC is plus 1,000. Arizona State plus 1,100. I don't know, man. The Colorado Buffaloes are plus 400, which if you didn't watch them you know, over the last month, You'd think that, oh, that makes sense. They're like the second favorite, but they haven't done crap for the last month. I don't know what's the matter with that team. That's a fade team for me. Uh, I don't know if you looked at this tournament at all. 
not really. I, I've probably mentioned more than once on this podcast that I don't really care for the Pac-12 at all. <laughs> right, but, right. Uh, so for that reason, I didn't really look at the futures board at all. I did hear, though, today on the radio that the Oregon Ducks are going to be without their second leading scorer. And um, I didn't get a chance to dig into that injury. I think it might be Duarte, but I'm not positive okay. on that. But definitely something worth monitoring before this uh, tournament sets off. I do think that uh, UCLA's side of the bracket sets up nicely, though, if they can get past likely Stanford in that quarterfinal mm-hmm. game. Right. I don't think that Colorado or Arizona State should scare them too much. And uh, I think that they are pretty high odds. I think, what do you have up there? Plus 1,000? I think on UCLA or 800, maybe yeah, a little plus 800. There. Mm-hmm. There's still some value. Um, what do you think about Arizona as a team? I, I mean, we can talk a little more next week, but it's they are really a, a strange team. The metrically, they're good. You know, on, uh, Ken Palm loves them for some reason, but they don't win games. You know, they blow games late. They're 20 and 11, um, but they're in the top 20 in Ken Palm, and they're fifth seed in this tournament. And they draw Washington. I think they've actually crushed Washington tonight. Yeah. So they're going to go up against USC. I mean, they're a talented bunch. They could make a run. Yeah, I mean, that game against Washington today is the one that scared me, to be honest. But looks Mm -hmm. like they've gotten over that hump. 77-70 to was the final. Mm -hmm. And now they do move to face off against USC. I think they're probably going to be favored in that game. And then from there, uh, you never know what happens. They'll get the third shot at Oregon. If you recall, they played Oregon close in both games this year. I think mm-hmm. had a chance to win both of them. So yeah, certainly yeah, they think they would have a shot in that one too. Gotcha. Okay, well, last tournament is you know near and dear to your heart. It doesn't sound like you're going to make it down there because you can't. Uh, but it doesn't <laughs> sound like you're going to go anyway to the Big Ten tournament in Indy. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one's a, just another bloodbath i mean sparty's playing great we've talked about them they're the plus 250 favorite but you've got teams like the badgers at plus 600 they've won eight straight illinois at plus 750 ohio state at plus 800 you can't forget about the terps plus 500 and then michigan at plus 700 i don't even list penn state on there i'm not big on the terps i think they're going the wrong direction for me um i didn't really look at the bracket like you have but you know, they're on the side with Sparty. Good luck with that. So really, the other side of the bracket may be the value with um, Wisconsin getting the one seed. That's interesting. And, you know, Wisconsin, Illinois, Iowa's over there. Uh, what are your thoughts on this tournament? Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think Maryland is a team to look away from just based on where they landed in this bracket. And I totally agree. I think that all the value is on the top half. I looked at Wisconsin, actually, and was able to lock them in at plus 900. So um, looking like I like that one quite a bit. Um, Mm -hmm. Like you said, they have been just rattling off wins. And I think the main difference there is Micah Potter becoming eligible and Mm -hmm. the loss of King uh, to the transfer portal really seemed to change this team. So I I don't think um, either Michigan or Rutgers really scares me and Iowa and Illinois may give them a little bit of of a battle. But I think Wisconsin cruises into the championship game. Well, Wisconsin's playing a different style than they have in the past, right? They're shooting the ball from deep a lot more, kind of open offense, which is not like Greg Gard's old way of more deliberate kind of, you know, a la Virginia style, uh, you know, games. But I kind of like that. It kind of changed, and they changed midseason. I don't think this, the teams are ready for it. 
Now, granted, getting the tournament, there's other teams that are used to that style of play. But in conference, you know, people are used to the same old Wisconsin, and they didn't get that the last eight games. So we'll see if they make an adjustment seeing them the second time around, you know, in the case of Michigan, Illinois, or whoever they face. Yeah, that is a really good point as well. Um, On the bottom half, there's a couple of games that intrigue me, specifically looking ahead to Thursday. Ohio State's only a two-point favorite against Purdue. Mm. I was shocked to see that number so low with the way the Buckeyes have been playing lately. And in the next game, uh, presuming that Indiana gets by the seven-man-plus football (laughs) players in Nebraska tonight, I think Indiana is a team that matches up really well against Penn State. They beat them once at home this year and kept it really close in Happy Valley. So I think I'll be looking at both of those games already locked in Ohio State. And we'll be interested in betting on Indiana tomorrow against the Nittany Lions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We were there last year when we saw some upsets in that tournament. It was pretty exciting. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Purdue's another one of those teams. Metrically's pretty good. And they played really well. They have certain opponents like Iowa that they own. How did they do against Ohio State this year? Um, I think they only played once in Columbus and dropped that game. Right, right. Okay. And Indiana has to win. They, they, I mean, I know that they're going to beat Nebraska, but it would definitely help them to win another game like against Penn State. So I like those angles. I still like Sparty, though. I mean, I think they're going to beat Maryland. Uh, obviously, Ohio State could give them a game, maybe Purdue. But I, I could see them in the championship, and then it's just a matter of if they could beat Wisconsin or whoever's over there. At that point, usually the seating's already set, which is kind of tough for the first party, because mm-hmm. um, I think they, like I said, could get up to the two line. But it wouldn't be terrible if they get a three line, get a little underseated, and um, and make a little deeper run. We'll see how it how it shakes out. So one of the things uh, action reminded me that we were supposed to talk about is that now that we know that both in these tournaments and then in the NCAA tournament that there aren't going to be fans that can see the games. How does that impact the the games? Does it impact the side? Does it impact the totals? What do you think so far? Uh, I've been kind of, you know, since the announcement was made earlier this evening and the subsequent announcements for the local conference tournaments that no fans will be permitted inside the stadium, been kind of perusing gambling Twitter a little bit. And I see all kinds of differing opinions that a lot of folks think that the scoring may be depressed a little bit because you don't have that jolt of energy from the fans. Uh, a lot of others think that free throw shooting percentages might increase because you don't have the fans screaming. Quite honestly, I haven't had much time to put thought into it, but as of this moment, I'm kind of thinking that I'm going to handicap these games without any change, to be quite honest. I'm not sure that the fans are going to have much of an impact. I think that it will not have that much of an impact. However, Um, I think that it might help the favorites a little bit Mm -hmm. um, because I think the crowd can turn against the favorite in a lot of these cases. Now, you know, there's partisan fans, but, you know, we've been to these tournament games and, you know, I'm not necessarily, I don't really care who's playing, you know, I mean, I know Indiana was a good example. We were at the Indiana game last year, but if you see like, whatever, Sparty getting beat by somebody in the first half, I mean, you're going to cheer that underdog on, right? Um, especially yeah. if somebody's making a deep run, like Indiana's going to play against Penn State and needs another win. And so I think it kind of works against the underdog for me. I'm not saying that it's going to be a full point or what's the adjustment, but I kind of feel like there's going to be less upsets. And the other thing is there may be 
I don't know about the totals, but I don't know. I kind of feel like it's more of a scrimmage, so maybe there's just less total. The totals are a little lower, but I'm not really yeah. sure. Um, it'd be actually it's kind of good that we get to see these conference tournaments played without the fans, and maybe we can extrapolate that data into next you know next week because I'm not really sure how to interpret it. There's been a lot of discussion on Vsin about it, mm-hmm. um, but I mean I think everybody's just guessing at this point. Yeah. I think you make a really excellent point, and that may be something that could be a little bit more useful for in-game betting, too, mm-hmm. because if you think about your, I mean, basketball is a game of runs, mm-hmm. so you're in and you're out, you see a team that might get down, and then early second half, they go on this big run, which is fueled by energy and certainly yeah. helps with energy from the crowd, so you may see some leads get stretched out. A little bit more in second half specifically than you would in years past because the crowd doesn't get have a chance to get into it exactly exactly so that's my take but that's just a you know <laughs> that's a fan's perspective um we'll see i mean we're gonna see it firsthand starting tomorrow i guess because most of the teams today i guess they let the fans show up and then tomorrow they're gonna cut it off which is mm-hmm. bizarre but um I did forget to ask you the funny question. The Where does the coronavirus sit in the action power ratings right now? <laughs> well, uh, it certainly seems to be leading the conscious of every American uh, throughout <laughs> the news media and the Twitter space. So, And those at Costco. Uh, number oh, yeah. one in those folks' minds. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Tons of hand sanitizers flying off the shelf. So, well, just to remind everybody, uh, we will be taping Monday. That'll be the NCAA tournament preview edition. Um, and we'll get that in just before our, you know the first four on Tuesday and Wednesday. And then, of course, the tournament starts the following a week from tomorrow, the Thursday. So we'll have a bunch of action, talk about some of this rolling money line strategy and also who we like for you know the final four. So no pressure action. You can always change later for like pool and everything. <laughs> All right. That sounds good. I can't wait. This is the best time of the year, and I'm hopeful that Everyone out there stays safe and we don't get too much more disruption from this coronavirus. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening to the Side Action Podcast. You can follow us at Side Action Pod on Twitter. You can follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me on Twitter at 31S Roberts. All right. Thanks everybody. Peace out. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. Action Podcast, its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests. Statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast, and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict. Individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made, as the Side Action Podcast, its owners, hosts, associates, or guests will not guarantee any advice given. The opinions and advice given on the Side Action Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits.
Song Titles, Jerry 5, and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.org. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.